welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuiper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Today we are joined by Major General Omar Jones, the Senior Commander of the Military District of Washington and the Joint Force Headquarters, National Capital Region. Thank you for joining us today, sir. I appreciate it. It is great to be here. I've been listening since you all had your first episode, and uh, I appreciate you all asking me to uh, join the podcast team for today. Well, we're happy to have you, sir. And we're going to discuss coronavirus shortly, but we really want to take a moment and allow our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So I understand you have a local uh, connection here to Fort Meade, uh, something to do with Howard County? <laughs> Absolutely. So Howard County is home. Um, my, uh, my family uh, grew up in Howard County. Uh, I went to Glenelg High School, which is in the western part of the county. Actually, uh, my wife and I were high school classmates. I started dating and I were soft- when we were sophomores in high school oh, in that's 1985. Fantastic. That's fantastic. I married fantastic. after I graduated from West Point. So the opportunity to, uh, to come back home uh, has been absolutely fantastic to uh, you know, reconnect with friends and family in the area. And we do have a lot of both still living in uh, really across Maryland, uh, but also the connection to Fort Meade. You know, I had my uh, physical before I went to West Point in uh, then Kimbrough Army Community Hospital, um, and I got my wife got her first ID card there on Fort Meade, <laughs> and it, it's been our local installation uh, ever since I, I raised my hand and, and joined the Army. So uh, Fort Meade has a special place in, uh, in both mine and my wife's heart. That's, that's amazing. And, uh, yes, uh, Kimbrough still here. Um, <laughs> And very busy, which we'll get to in a few minutes. And I have to say, I think I was in Howard County recently, Joe, and you might not know this. And I'm pretty sure I saw your name on a building. So I'm assuming that might be your father. Is that true? My, my grandfather was, uh, um, there used to be one high school in, in Howard County. It was Howard High School. And then uh, early 60s, late 50s, it came up with uh, Glenelg High School, where I went, which was the big rivalry for a, a couple decades. But <laughs> my grandfather was the first principal of Howard High School, so wow. when the county incorporated, um, they needed a county executive. Uh, you know, all the adults had gone to Howard High School and knew my grandfather. And so he was elected <laughs> county executive late 60s and uh, served through the early 70s. So uh, um, his, his portrait is, uh, is hanging there in the, in the county building in Ellicott City. And uh, I think it's also hanging in Howard High School uh, over there near Elkridge. That's, that's amazing, sir. It's so there's a lot of service to this area for, from your family. So that's pretty cool. Uh, can, so can you tell us a little bit of what it's like or what it means to be the senior commander for the military district of Washington and the Joint Force Headquarters National Capital Region? It is a fascinating job that I absolutely love. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times in the Army, absolutely, as a general officer, uh, you, you really don't get a, uh, a, a, uh, a choice in where you're going to go, and that's changing a lot in the Army today, which I think is fantastic. But about a year and a half ago, um, you know, I, I, I told our uh, uh, human resources folks and told a couple mentors, I said, my goodness, if the Army wants me to command at the major general level, the job I really want would be uh, the military district of Washington commanding general. I think I have had some experiences in a title local community where I think I could be value-added uh, to the Army and value-added to, uh, to the joint team. And when General Milley told me last year that this was going to be what I was going to do after being the chief of public affairs, I, I could not have been happier. I, I've been, I took command on the 4th of June, and I have enjoyed every single day. Every day has been different, um, but it is such a – uh, diverse command in terms of its uh, responsibilities and its mission, both on the Army side and the Joint side, 
but it is just a, an amazing group of people, and, and I feel like we make a difference uh, every single day. It is uh, just a great place to be. Well, I'm sure one thing that you didn't expect uh, when you took command was a pandemic. So as you know, COVID-19 is all anybody can talk about right now. So can you talk to us a little bit about where we stand with that today? I absolutely can. And I, and I think the messages that are coming out you know, from our leadership and absolutely from the Department of Defense, uh, from Northern Command and Department of the Army, uh, are, um, show the, severe, the importance and the seriousness which you have to, uh, to all take it. Um, I drive from Ellicott City to D.C. every day and back, so I, uh, I do listen to a lot of podcasts. And I and heard a great comment yesterday that um, this really is about public health, and public health is about all of us acting together in the public's interest. And I thought that was a great way to describe it. So as we all take the appropriate precautions based on the, advisor, uh, the advice we're getting from our medical experts and our elected and, and, and other leaders that are out there, to, uh, you know, whether it's hygiene, whether it is um, social distancing, whether it is really reducing um, to the lowest possible level your amount of social engagement outside of the, the house, outside of the workplace, when you do have to go if you don't have the option of telework or, or those kind of things, it, it's absolutely appropriate. This is, all, this is about us taking care of our community together. Um, and I think we all have a part of it. We all have a role in it um, to make sure that we are able to stop the spread and uh, make sure that our health uh, facilities that are out there, our hospitals, our doctors, all of our providers, our nurses, uh, first responders, et cetera, are able to focus on those people who are sick and, and need that medical care. And we all have a uh, responsibility in, in stopping the spread. I think the Fort Meade team, the Kimbrough team specifically, but across the whole community is doing a great job. A big piece of that is keeping the community informed, uh, letting them know uh, what the right precautions are, letting them know what the advice is, letting them know what changes are out there to services, um, to um, facilities that are, that are closed as a result of uh, trying to uh, uh, stop the spread. Um, but it is also to, uh, to reassure the community that, uh, uh, that we are all still connected, we're all in this together, and we're going forward as a community to stop the spread. That's excellent, sir. Yeah, and it's very reassuring to hear all the same messaging coming from, you know, our, our Colonel Sprague here, you uh, over at MDW. It, it's really great for our community to, to be able to, to get this message from you. So we really appreciate that. I, I want to ask, as the senior commander to four installations in the area, what are some of the challenges you face? The, the biggest challenge I have is time. Um, I, I wish I could spend more time on each installation. Um, I, I spend my intent is that every single Tuesday I'm on one of the installations. I, I show up with one of the units in the morning and we'll do physical training and then go over to the dining facility there on Fort Meade on a Fort Meade day and uh, have the opportunity to have uh, breakfast with some leaders and soldiers or other service members and talk to them and then spend the whole day all the way through a town hall, if it's a town hall month, on the installation. But, but it's not enough time. Uh, fortunately, all four of our garrison commanders, and, uh, and definitely Colonel Sprague up there at Fort Meade, uh, are just uh, phenomenal leaders. Uh, you know, the Army really does put the right leader in the right job at the right time, and we've been very fortunate on these four garrisons. Um, you know, most garrison commanders have a senior commander that's a resident there with them, and then that's not the case on our four communities, and clearly not the case at Fort Meade. But uh, I thoroughly enjoy the interaction with the garrison commanders because you know, Colonel Sprague is just 
deeply committed to the community. He is deeply committed to supporting the mission that, is, uh, that takes place there at Fort Meade among those tenant units that is so darn important to our national security. And then also taking care of the community so that it really is a community of choice where people from across DOD say, I really want to go to Fort Meade. I, I want to live in the Fort Meade community. I want to send my kids to the Fort Meade uh, local schools and those kind of things. And, and he's got that as an objective and is working hard to make that objective a reality. Yeah. We're, we're, and, and that's one thing we're trying to do, too, with the podcast is is having people like you on the show. It, we're, we're trying to really push the whole Fort Meade as a choice uh, we really love that motto. So thank you. Yeah. Installation of choice. That's, yeah. that's, that's our buzzword around here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm with you, sir. I think it's a great place. I'm, I'm a civilian. I'm, I'm not a soldier, but, uh, I absolutely love it here. And I, I spread that message too. Uh, in fact, you were supposed to be here today. Uh, if, my, if my memory serves me correctly. And with that, you're probably participating in some social distancing like the rest of us. Absolutely, yeah. Matter of fact, my last meeting was our, uh, our monthly uh, sexual assault review board with uh, the whole Fort Meade team there, and we did it by video teleconference, both uh, here from Fort McNair. Um, we had a couple folks in the garrison headquarters of Colonel Sprague, and then the, uh, the units from across the community also were either dialed in by, uh, by video conference or, or by phone. Uh, so that the mission continues. And, and, and my message to the, uh, the, the team is that while conditions have clearly changed, uh, conditions have changed as, the, as a result of the response to COVID-19, our commitment to our people, our leadership responsibility to remain connected with our people and talk to them uh, and make sure that they know we are there for them has not changed at all. As a matter of fact, uh, my, my message to them was it's, it's increased right now, and we've got to make sure that we are uh, both listening to but also communicating with, uh, with all our teammates. So one thing you said that's vitally important, sir, is that the mission continues, and you're also talking about uh, the SHARP conference that you were on this morning. So can you talk to me a little bit about and to Joe a little bit about why SHARP is so important and why it's so important now, even though a lot of us are teleworking and, and going about things a different way? So I took command of my first company in June of 1998. And when I walked back into my, my new office after, after having the guide on place in my hands, I had an index card sitting on my desk that one of my, uh, one of my great friends had put there and I had a quote from our division commander. And it said, take care of these sons and daughters whose parents have entrusted you with their care. And when you think about that quote, that, that is so much about what we do as leaders. Um, it is what we do from, through our SHARP program. It's what we do through our Equal Opportunity Program. Um, it is what we do in so many programs, but really it's, it's what we do as leaders uh, to, to take care of our people. I, I'm a deep believer that when you know your people, you know their goals, you know what's important to them. When you earn their loyalty, um, you're gonna have a higher performing organization um, because people are gonna care about the organization because they know the organization and their leaders care about them. In my mind, that is really what it comes down to, first and foremost, about SHARP. Our, our people have to know that they have a, a safe environment, a secure environment, an environment where they can uh, go about their lives, go about their job, um, and not feel harassed, um, and absolutely not feel at risk from assault. Um, and that's got to be the environment that we've got to be able to uh, make sure we have across the entire community. And it is based on a um, dignity and respect, and then it's, it, um, it is based on good order and discipline. 
And for those folks who uh, have the just um, incredibly um, horrible situation to be a victim of a sexual assault, they have to know that we are committed to take care of them. We believe them, and we're going to make sure that they have every service available to take care of them so that they can continue to move forward um, with, with the next chapter of their lives. Um, and, that's, and that's critically important. And that's what it is to me uh, uh, for the whole SHARP program. But at the end, it really comes down to engaged leadership, connected leadership, that we are taking care of our people and our people know that we truly care about them and we're going to be there for them and we're going to provide a place where they can achieve their goals and, uh, uh, and move forward with the things they want to accomplish in their lives. Absolutely. And I just want to let our, our listeners know, too, we have a fantastic SHARP program here at Fort Meade. We do. And you can connect with them. The easiest way is go to uh, home.army.mil forward slash Meade. And if you scroll down to the bottom, I believe you will find a link to our SHARP services. So as, as Major General Jones just said, we hear you, we believe you, and those services are readily available for you here at the fort. So please use them if you need to. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, so, so to change things up a, a little bit, uh, sir, we did, we did want to come around to a, a very important topic here at Fort Meade and across the DOD, honestly. But um, what, is our current, what is the current state of the housing campaign? Well, I'll tell you that, um, you know, I had the opportunity in my last job as Chief of Public Affairs to, to watch as concerns about the quality, the safety of our privatized housing and our Army furnished housing across the Army um, was highlighted to senior leaders just over a year ago. Um, and to watch that perspective uh, and particularly knowing that I was uh, going to have the privilege of commanding the Military District of Washington and be the senior commander um, for these four installations um, was really focusing in, in many, many ways. Um, at the end of the day, the most important thing is that our service members and our families deserve a safe, secure, healthy place where they can live on the installation. Um, and as an institution, uh, we, we have failed to do that uh, over the past few years, uh, really across the Department of Defense. I think the commitment from the leaders, um, renewed commitment from the leaders over the past year plus, is absolutely sincere. It is genuine. It is passionate. And it is a, has been effective. Um, and I think we have seen at Meade, while we are not there yet, um, we are not there until every single family is satisfied with the quality of their homes, with the responsiveness when they highlight an issue in their home and the quality of that response and the customer service they get when they ask for uh, to have something addressed in their, in their home. Uh, we're not there yet, but I think we're in a better place than we were a year ago. Uh, my focus, I want to make sure we continue on that glide path, uh, that we continue to stay focused so that we do continue to get better and we do become, as we talked earlier, that installation of choice for service members across the Department of Defense. Um, but we want service members to be able to focus on their mission, um, and part of that is making sure that their families are taken care of and that it goes back to schools, the quality schools, it goes back to quality housing, and it We've got to make sure we're providing that for them. Absolutely, and and um, I can at least speak here for for the garrison. I know that we're we're working hard on that same mission uh, as well, and, and we're we're right behind you on that one, sir. Before we let you go today, though, um, as we were talking earlier a little bit about social distancing and such, uh, a lot of folks are telecommuting and spending a lot more time at home. 
How are you passing your social distancing time? Any good Netflix binges we should uh, be looking into? Any good books you're reading lately? Um, well, actually, I just read a book, and I'm probably going to show my uh, my geeky side here. But uh, the book I just finished was about the uh, the 1968 riots in Washington D.C. and just oh, wow. how the uh, how both the Army and the D.C. National Guard were there to support uh, local authorities and and the conditions that led up to that just uh, horrific time here in our nation's capital. And I just uh, uh, finished that recently. A lot, lot of Netflix at home when I can. You know, I um, usually not. By the time I get home, we have dinner together. It's a little bit of reconnecting with my family. You know, I have three sons. One that is a first lieutenant who's deployed right now. One who is a uh, cadet at West Point who's a senior, very worried about the impact of uh, the current situation on his graduation. And then we have a, uh, a high school junior at home. So most of my evenings at home are, are, are spent with them uh, and, uh, and spend a family time together. Um, but I, I do think that our, uh, our binge watching will, uh, will increase as we move into the weekends here going forward. Excellent. And, and thank you, sir. We really appreciate your time. I know you would have been here in person if you could have. So we really appreciate you calling in and, and, and being a part of the show. It means a lot to us. It means a lot to the show. But uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you feel like we might have missed? Uh, I'll just say a couple things that um, I, I know I am biased, um, but I, I do think Fort Meade is a special place. Um, as a lifelong Marylander, um, for the folks that are listening to the podcast that have the opportunity to, uh, to, to live in Maryland for a while, once this, uh, the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic uh, has passed, get out and enjoy the state. It really is a remarkable place. Go, uh, go, go west out in the mountains, go east out to the ocean, spend some time on the bay, go see Baltimore, go see Annapolis, come down here to D.C. Um, but I, I think it's a special part of the country, um, and I think the opportunity to, uh, to live and work around Fort Meade and experience a little bit of Maryland culture for a while is just a great opportunity. And I, I appreciate what everyone does who works on Fort Meade for our national defense and to take care of our community there. I'm, uh, I'm just really humbled to be part of the Fort Meade team for a couple years. Sir, we couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day and, uh, and keep doing the good work, and we're right here behind you, sir. Sounds great. Thank you for what you two are doing. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate the general's time. We really appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, if you have questions about COVID, uh, please visit our, our website. It's home.army.mil mead. We have a picture at the top that says uh, COVID information. Click on it. We have a list of impacted services. Uh, any questions you might have, there's FAQs, links to other sites like the CDC and WHO. Uh, we know you have questions. We'll be hosting more uh, live streams on Facebook as time goes on. Uh, as things evolve, we appreciate your time and your patience. And uh, just keep tuning in and we'll get as much information to you as we can. 